0: Welcome to the 130th edition of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic. Again, I am Tiger Height. And obviously, you can see that Peanut Gallery is not here. He had an emergency prior obligation, so he will not be joining us. But I have his subject. We're all good to go. But let's get into mine, which was the soapbox because there was a lot going on here on Raw. So Raw's rating was a 1.533 instead of a 1.884 and a 0.49 demos of a 0.65 demo. Uh, That is a significant drop. I'm not sure if there was like a big something or another happening, but that is quite significant as it relates to a drop. Drew McIntyre was essentially the biggest thing that they were doing. Uh He attacked after a very good World Heavyweight Championship match. And I liked everything about this show. I even said it on the review that I did for Raw that this was one of my favorite Raws that I've had in the past month and a half or so. I thought every match was pretty good to excellent. It flowed really well. And it wasn't overwhelming or underwhelming. It was just at a nice little medium. The... uh. Two out of three falls match with DIY and Imperium was good. I really liked the Judgment Days match against the Creed Brothers. That was very good because the Creed Brothers have all of this momentum. They are the number one contenders for the tag team champions. So this is a really good opportunity for them. And I also liked the showcase of the women's tag division. And I brushed up on it a little bit, but I'm going to reiterate. A division will not be better if you don't present them effectively. And how to present them is have them wrestle in a match. That's how you do it in wrestling. And I think they chose the right teams and it just was good. It gave it time, it gave it lots of energy too. So I can't complain about this Raw at all despite the low numbers. It was very interesting when I saw that. I even had to double check it before I started my recording. Let's go into NXT. This is the go home show for deadline, which I will be covering here soon. It was six hundred and twenty-six thousand instead of six hundred and fifty-nine, and a 0.19 instead of a 0.18. So lower on the actual numbers, but higher on the demo. I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing personally. Uh, Ilya Dragunov and Baron Corbin's contract signing was awesome. Uh, Corbin, this is a whole new level of Baron Corbin has this Baron Corbin been? I, I I even asked that on my reviews. Where has he been? This is the Baron Corbin that we've been clamoring for. I mean, the lone wolf was fine, but there was only so much you could do with it, um, especially an undefeated streak, you know, and everything else that he did after that was crap. But this, this is where he is. He is comfortable. His promos are good. His matches are getting better. Everything is just working on all cylinders there. We had the final Iron Survivor Challenge qualifying matches, which both of them were good. We had Alpha Academy taking on, or um, Alpha Academy and Maxine Dupree taking on Meta 4. Uh, Lash Legend has become exactly what she is a legend. She really stood out in this match. And it's not just slamming Otis, it's literally everything she did was good. Her presence is so much better. Her timing is so much better, and her, her in-ring work is getting better. But this is NXT. This is where you're supposed to do that. So I'm so happy about that. And once again, a good show all the way around. Just sucks about the number. Oh, Dynamite, Dynamite, Dynamite. All right. Uh, Dynamite, let's start with numbers. 823,000 instead of 858 and a 0.25 demo instead of a 0.29 demo. Uh, not good, but... The main event. Christian Cage, Adam Copeland for the TNT champion. That's it. They did it. They're in Canada. They had their match together. What do you do from here? Copeland went for the title. This is a main, this would be main eventing a pay-per-view. This should have been at world's end. 100% should have been at world's end, but it's not. And it's already done. It's like, oh, well, uh, Nick Wayne's mom interfered in the match personally, it doesn't matter. You already had a good match with them. What can you do? What other thing can you do? Are they now going to do a trifecta of matches? That wasn't the that wasn't the deal. And then that last match will probably suck worse. I'm pretty sure Tony Khan will announce two days ahead of time that they're going to have a rematch and a ladder match. Probably gave him his next idea. I'm pretty sure he's listening to me. Samoa Joe and MJF were supposed to face the Devils, but that did not happen. The Continental Classic matches were better this time around. And really, everything else was a wash. Nothing else happened. And uh, so I would obviously go to Impact, but Impact had a non canon show. People, I will still be covering Impact on Thursday night, like I always have. Don't worry but when it's a non-canon show or just has highlights and maybe one live match, I'm not going to bother with it. I'm I'm just not. It's not there. So they went to Triple A. I heard it was a fine show, but once again, if it's not forwarding hard to kill, I don't care. Oh, also by the way, they moved the Will Osprey and Josh Alexander match from Hard to Kill to Snake Eyes because Snake Eyes ain't selling well. I'm not going to Snake Eyes. That's on That's on Sunday. have things to do Jesus Christ know your audience impact go back to the Friday and Saturday shows we are okay with that that is perfect these Sunday shows are just not working think for two seconds also keep in mind they're at the Palms they're in Las Vegas people have to get up early to get to the airport so why are you doing that smackdown obviously no demo for this week uh, 789.24, uh, that is not good, but that was from last week. Let's talk about this week. CM Punk, his promo was good. He does not know where he's going to be for uh, his future. I'm assuming Raw. I'm going to—that's uh, the one that needs the most help right now. I think SmackDown is fine because they have Roman Reigns, they have Randy Orton, they have LA Knight, they have, they have a great women's division. So all of that is working really, really well. But Punk being here was a treat, and I enjoyed it. Uh, So there is one thing that we do have to talk about, and that is the situation with damage control. And I I made a separate video about this, and a lot of people agreed with me. Bayley has to be the person to win the Women's World Rumble. Period. Put it on there. Everything is writing out perfectly. Bayley wins the Rumble, still with damage control. The tension still happens because Bayley has not made a decision on if she's going to go for the women's champion or the women's world champion. And finally, Io makes the call. Everybody attacks Bayley. Kicks her out of damage control. Bayley turns heel, or babyface. That's your main event, or that's not your main event. That is your women's championship match at WrestleMania. Bayley versus Io. It's perfect. It's perfect in every way. And there's not really anybody on Raw that I could see win the Royal Rumble. Uh, unless Liv Morgan returns, that would be the only one because Ray Ripley was the one who put Liv on the shelf. But I think we have a lot more story told with the damage control side. So I wouldn't rush into a Liv one. Liv is young. She can, you know, win it another time, but I think this is Bayley's moment. I'm not saying that Bayley is old. I'm just saying that this has been constantly on SmackDown with 1.9 to 2 plus million people watching it every Friday. So that has to be the match for Mania, personally. Uh, Charlotte and Asuka's match was good. I liked it. It wasn't good. I I, I thought it was fine. Um, I liked the budding rivalry. The little tension there between LA Knight and Randy Orton. I think that will probably be what they're going to be doing either—we have three pay-per-views. We have Royal Rumble, we have the Elimination Chamber in Perth, and then we also have WrestleMania. Ideally, I want WrestleMania. That would be the logical choice since Cody's most likely going to win the Royal Rumble again. And Randy Orton needs somebody to work at Mania. And I think LA Knight would be a great start because if they're not going to win the Royal Rumble, what are they going to do at Mania? So— uh, and I really just can't see LA Knight win the Royal Rumble. I don't know why, I just can't see it right now. It's not impossible, but it's not there right now. I could be wrong. And uh, really, everything else was fine. Um, I liked the uh, Santos-Escobar-Dragon-Lee match. I liked the Cody Rhodes segment. And this was tribute to the troops, by the way. So that's why there was a lot of military-esque. And then Bobby Lashley and Karrion Cross had a good match, too. And that was really all the matches on SmackDown. Let's get into power. Power, power, power. So I really like the main event. It was between Thrill Billy, Silas Mason, and Devin Dixon. They were tag team partners on the indies. I'm pretty sure you can call um, NWA a glorified India, but it is. And it was for the national champion. I liked the match, how it was structured. It wasn't long, but they got everything out of it. Where it started off as friendly competition. Then it got to more aggressive, and then finally, Thrill Billy betrays him with the attack from the Southern Six. I liked it. I thought it was good. Now, uh, Maxine Paylor retained the women's television champion, and just like the men's television champion, that was its that was their seventh title defense. So now Max can cash in the television champion for a shot at the women's world champion. Max beat the current women's world champion to get the women's television champion. Logical choice there. And then the slime balls of all this hype that they had for the slime balls. Oh my God, they're such a great team. Oh my God, they're making waves. A, they're obnoxious. B, their names are annoying. C, they look like discount school shooters. And four, they're not good. And they lost. So they're losers. Let's just get losers right out of the gate. And then the new Spectaculars, I like the contrast between Slade and the rest of the Spectaculars. I think that's going to work. It's going to work for me. But that was really all of Power, and that was really my soapbox. Not a whole lot going on, but it's there. When we come back, I'm going to be talking about what Pina Gallery was going to be talking about, and that is the current wave of dissatisfied AEW people and their reactions online because there was a lot going on there. And even though Pina Gallery cannot join us, I think that subject needs to be talked about. It's too important. So we are back and Pina Gallery was going to talk about this, but due to his absence, I'm going to have to. And I saw the pictures. He sends me the pictures and I told myself, this is too important to talk about. To not have it. Because I was thinking at first to totally leave this segment out. But obviously we're here. AEW, there were a bunch of wrestlers this week that have put out tweets or quotes of their dissatisfaction of their booking within AEW. And some of them had to immediately delete it. And one that Pina Gallery did not put on there was Maria Kanellis who just posted something earlier today. It was a tweet and she deleted it. Uh, I cannot remember what it said exactly, but I know she has been frustrated for a while, not only with her, but with the kingdom entirely. But let's talk about the Hardys, because they equally have said something about their disappointment of their booking in AEW. Matt Hardy said that he has been incredibly frustrated. Jeff Hardy says that he has been a ghost in the locker room, that he is there but not there. And I agree with both of them. I really rag on the Hardys a lot as of late. They are broken down and they are old, but they have a lot of value to give to any company. And if they were up for it, I would say be trainers. Do a wrestling school. Show them how to do promo, Show them how to convey the emotion. They have the experience. They have it. So I think there is value for them, and I think their dissatisfaction is 100% justified They don't have to wrestle every week. I hope they don't wrestle every week. But I think they should be, at the very least, put into smaller tier programs where they can bolster up younger talent because they have that credibility. I kind of wish they did that with Adam Copeland, but they're not doing that. Andrade El Idolo has been doing a lot of this as well. Not just recently. He has been doing it for a while. He's been healthy. He's been ready to go. And now he's, he's part of this Continental Classic, so he's being booked. But he has said things. He's, uh, he was the one who wished CM Punk farewell after CM Punk got fired. He got a lot of heat after that. He, he's on Collision pretty much exclusively because he refused to work on Dynamite. Why? What's going on there? Why not Rampage? This is weird. It was very odd, and I hope Andrade actually fucks off because he has been hinting that he wants to go back to the E and, you know, Triple H would welcome back to this absolute goldmine of talent. I have no idea why AEW is not putting him on on a pedestal, international champion at the very least. No, they have it on Orange Cassidy again because he's the one really, uh, he's really one putting butts in seats, right? That's right. Britt Baker, same thing. Put out a tweet, put out, I think, a comment on Instagram as well, showcasing her frustration. She wants to talk more. She's basically been phased out. Is she hurt? I don't think so. I, th- I think she's actually quite healthy. Hmm. Now, I, I'm not a big fan of Baker. I think she sucks. But at the same time, I get it. People interact with Baker. She was one of the OGs. Why isn't she being used more? I mean, You have Riho again going for the title because she's the one bending over for Omega. So I, I, I guess it's sexually transmitted. It's very odd. But Baker, once again, justified in her frustration. But this is the result. These are the results of all of this happening. It's just an absolute disaster in every way. And I made this on Twitter, which got, you know, it got some attention and I think it should. People, look at this picture that is right next to me. You see that black stuff? That's tarp. Those were never available for people to purchase. The red is where people can get tickets. People just aren't buying. This is a problem. Now, if this entire section was tarped, Nobody can complain. It's tarped. 100%. It's just a mess. This is the result. CM Punk saw the writing on the wall. I'm I'm sure he... I am 100% convinced that CM Punk intentionally got himself fired. He wanted to get out of this contract. He was already talking with WWE on returning before he signed with AEW the first time around. So... He already knew, but I guess he got a better offer. I'm just glad he's back. He looks healthy. He looks happy. He looks better. This is a disaster. Uh, this whole thing, I Pina Gallery and I sat here and predicted the implosion of this company for a while. I think it went faster than expected. I think they were going to be around for at least another year, maybe another couple. But this is not a good look for them. And the, the PR, there has to be something done. And nothing is being done because people are getting fired. That um, uh, EVP of post-production, Canned. His name was Kevin Sullivan. Not that Kevin Sullivan. But that's just kind of where I want to stick with it. But when we come back, I am talking about NXT Deadline. Alright, we are back and we're talking about NXT Deadline. Even though this was a pre-show match, I watched it. Axiom... And Nathan Frazier, it was a really good opener. Probably one of the better pre-show matches I have seen in a while. But I also really liked the psychology of Nathan Frazier, where he was getting more and more frustrated. And it wasn't wrestled out of respect; it was wrestled out of frustration. And we saw some heelness with it, and I was super digging that. Also, by the crowd. By the way, the crowd was white hot the entire night. It was great. But it was a golden ratio for Axiom to win, and I'm going to give it a full thumbs up. Even though it was on the pre-show, definitely a full thumbs up. Before this match, CM Punk made an appearance. People are like, oh, CM Punk is not a draw. Well, A, CM Punk wasn't announced. And B, the one site that you people are clicking on, we talked about the black stuff. It was tarped. It was never available in the first place. God. Oh my God, you AEW cult members are so dense and so desperate. I can't even fathom Th- that mindset. It's so weird. It's mentally sick. Let's get into the match. Dominic Mysterio, Dragon Lee for the North American champion. It was originally supposed to be Wesley, but Wes is hurt. Back injury. He is out for 8 to 12 months, required surgery. I really hope he does make a full recovery and he has another. 15 to 20 years on that because you know sometimes, especially with leg weakness, back injuries can really be hurtful. So I'm hoping that it is, you know, uh done well and he recovers and he recovers fully. Don't try to hop in too soon. If doctors don't recommend it, there's a reason why they're doctors. Dragon Lee, the replacement. I was surprised that he won, but it was a good match. It was a good opener. Dominic Mysterio. He has it. He has this in the bag. He knows how to do this. He knows how to instigate. He knows how to be cocky. His moveset is getting better. He just... You know what? Actually, I think Dominic Mysterio's body type works for his character. He's not a big dude. He's tall, but he's not big. He's not muscular. And I think that's part of why it works. is because he doesn't look like... That typical wrestler. But it was a good match. I liked it. It was Destino for Dragon Lee to win. I cannot remember uh, Dragon Lee's name for the move, so I'm going to call it Destino until I figure it out. Iron, The Women's Iron Survivor Challenge. These, this is the order. Fallon Henley, Blair Davenport, Tiffany Stratton, Kalani Jordan, and Lash Legend. This was a good Iron Survivor. These women put in the work. I like the stuff with... Metaphor, I really like that everybody had an opportunity to showcase and showcase outright. And finally, it was a knee to the face for Blair Davenport, of all people, to win. I did not expect Blair to win. That was kind of out of nowhere. Lash, once again, showcasing that how much she's improved. Oh my god, she's improved so much, I cannot believe it. But this does get a full thumbs up, by the way. Oh, and the um, Dragon Lee and... Dominic Mysterio match also gets a full thumbs up. So solid start to the show so far. Lexus King and Carmelo Hayes. It was a fun match. But this was announced way too late. I think that because even though that Lexus was the one instigating the separation between Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, they had to announce this match a couple of weeks ahead of time. But they they, they didn't. Hell, I didn't even get this picture until Friday. So, it, it's been a minute. I mean, even though it was fun, it's rocking a hard place. You can't have Carmelo Hayes lose right now, but then also Lexus King has not had a ton of matches on television. He's done promo. His promo's good, but he shouldn't have lost. And if he lost, it should have been done with some, you know, with some bullshit. I think that would have worked a lot better personally. But I like the little thing after with Alexis, Basically saying, I did this on purpose. I got you to get super angry. It's showing that you're the one who attacked Trick Williams. The, the, the stirring of the pot is really, really good. And I am so stoked that they are putting him as this pseudo-Devil's Advocate character. It's great. So I'm going to give it an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. Iron Survivor men's match. Dijak, Josh Briggs, Tyler Bate, Trick Williams, and Braun Breaker. Oh my god, what a great match. This was a great match. The urgency at the end from Trick Williams to go from 0 to 4 pins in 90 seconds was awesome. Everyone was in the right place. And once again, everybody had their shit. Braun Breaker coming in. House of Fire. Like two or three pins immediately. Jack was great. Josh Briggs was great. And Tyler Bate was great. Everybody just did it right here. Oh, and the final pin was against Braun Breaker with a knee to the face. Trick is the number one contender for New Year's Evil. Uh, I think that's a regular show too, so that's odd. But you know what? If that's what they're going to do, I'm going to trust the process. This was great. Two thumbs up. 100% the right call for Trick. He is so popular right now. It's crazy. Steel cage match. Roxanne Perez and Kiana James. A new girl, I cannot remember her name, helped Kiana win. I did not mind it because it needed to happen. Kiana needed to win. Roxanne, she needed, some bullshit happened. That's fine. But these two beat each other up. They had a good steel cage match. Orange Cassidy, thumbs up good, but good nonetheless. Nice little icebreaker for people to chill out, get them back in the game. And it was a modified code breaker with a chair into it for uh, Kiana to win. New person there. Once again, Orange Cassidy, thumbs up. And in our main event for the NXT champion, Ilya Dragunov, Baron Corbin. This was, of all the matches that we've seen from Baron Corbin, his best best match this was awesome what a performance not just from Ilya but from Baron once again where is this Baron Corbin Den. he came out he the presence the aura was there and Dragunov played his part so great his selling is top tier and it was Torpedo Moscow for Ilya to win There's just nothing here that I would do to make more majestic. Everybody who won should have won. Davenport was a weird choice, but I think they're just delaying um, the Lyra for something else. And I think Blair needed that. I mean, Blair needed the win. It was just an interesting choice. But this definitely gets two thumbs up. This was a phenomenal match. It was so good. And that was Deadline. God, man, what a great, great show. So when we come back, we're going to be watching a match. It's not just a regular match. The the match itself is inconsequential, but you'll see in a minute. All right, we are back. Yes, we're talking about Bastion Booger. The gear, the—I have no idea why they did this. Also, I heard that the guy who was behind it, Mike Shaw, was a really cool dude he just was big also he's been wrestling for like 10 years before this too so he kind of knew what he was doing but this is probably one of the worst gimmicks in the history of wwe i would say even worse than the gobbledygooker nobody liked bashing booger so we'll watch one of his squash matches uh two minutes and you'll see why this is one of the worst gimmicks ever because it is disgusting in every way shape or form Pina Gallery, maybe we'll watch another Bashin Booger match next week. Because a lot of them are about the same. But, you know, I kind of wanted to show Pina Gallery Bashin. So let's get into it. So Bashin game? Booger. You'll see this hump. You see that thing on the back of his head, like right at the neck. Because of how the gear is, it forms this big lump in the back of his neck, essentially. or in Like right on the top of his back why the gear color and the straps this was a vince mcmahon creation by the way it's horrible hard to deal with 400 plus pounds oh and Basham booger the, the guy who's actually wrestling in this gimmick he has been wrestling he was started wrestling in like 1980 and he was in wwf from 1993 to 1994 so he was in the business for like 13 years before this I think he wrestled in Stampede Wrestling and some uh, other promotions in the Northeast because he's from Michigan. Well, once you get up above when he's not wearing sandals, his boots are just this weird gold color that is exactly the um, same color as his skin. Leg drop is just horrible. Why not a splash? Oh, well, you also get a promo. other 29 superstars have time to back out before you come running down and have this 401 pounds 401 pounds and nothing and leave you there as I challenge for the WWF title after that Did he say There's a WWF title, a title after that This was right before the Royal Rumble 20s, He won't even participate cuz he can't go that long without food. You know uh, Richard Simmons really Maybe I'll maybe I'll do another bash and Booger and match and for Peter Gallery because I know he likes bash and Booger Gonna happen. Every single match is he, he like this. Okay, I know this is disgusting, but this is his finisher. It's called Into the Bat Cave, I believe. The dude has a camel toe in his ass, and I could not imagine the smell of this gear after competing, even for two minutes. The bat- I mean, that would pin me. I would I would say, fuck it, at that point. It's just... Oh, also, his theme song was literally him, like, grunting like he's passing a kidney stone for some reason. But, yeah, there we go. That's a Bash and Booger match. It's awful, and it's also great, because as soon as you watch a Bash and Booger match, you have to watch, like, 20. So, if you enjoyed this video, remember to like, follow, subscribe, become a patron, get hats, and all of that will be in the description. Next week, we're covering Ring of Honor's final battle. Not looking forward to it, but thank God it's on a Friday. So, and as always, be majestic.